right, guys, welcome back to the Final Shot Podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by the official gloves of the Final Shot Podcast, USG Canada. So you guys can hit up USG Canada and you can get the custom-made Final Shot Podcast gloves in the black and purple, the official bad guy colors. Or you can order any of their, their all their gloves and shin guards and clothing. It's all fantastic. Go check out USG Canada. We're also brought to you by Onnit.com. If you're not on it, get on it at Onnit.com and use the promo code TFS Podcast on checkout and you will save 10%. Now, if you guys are on the YouTubes, you can see who my guest is today. I'm very excited to talk to him again. He's one of the best kickboxers walking the planet, and he's Canadian. Guys, it's the Bellator kickboxing world champion, Gabriel Varga. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me again. It's always good talking to you, man. You, you, you always come up with, come in with a different playbook than everybody else. Yeah, I know my uh, my approach to to kickboxing and my just yeah all my training is just is so different than the average person's, but it works for me, and you know that's what you have to just figure out what works for you. Now let's dive right into this brand new YouTube channel you've just launched. You're putting everything on there. What are you doing? That what's going on? Uh, that's exciting for me. You know, I, I've been meaning to do it for a couple of years, and the concern for me was always fighting has to be first. It needs to be everything, and I can't put any energy anywhere else. And uh, it, it limits you to a certain extent. Like, obviously, I've been successful in the ring, and, and that's great. That's what I've always wanted for. That was the main goal. But, uh, you know, I'm reaching that point now where I'm 33. I, I don't know how many years I'm going to be competing for, another two or three, maybe four at the most. So I was going, you know, I have to take advantage of this, uh, this promotion that I get and, and uh, start, start building up this YouTube channel because, you know, I want to I wanna make a go of it and, and share. I mean, I have so much that I've learned, so I want to share with other people too. I can't go to do seminars at, you know, every gym in the world. So this is a great way to give back. So I just seen TJ Dillashaw. He's got this online kind of I'm going to train you to fight. Is it could this be something that you're going to maybe at home workouts or, or something like that that you want to do? I'm you know there's so many avenues to take in in the YouTube uh, direction, and I'm not sure 100 percent yet which way I'm going to go. Um, I'm sort of just testing things out, and you know there, there's aside from just learning about all the camera gear, how to film. Uh, how to edit. I mean, that's just a whole bunch of information in itself. And I. And every time I put out a video, I try and look at them and, yeah, and, oh, just learn, you know, what are people responding to? What are ways to look at comments? I've got lots of good feedback about what uh, people would like to. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure yet, but the main thing I just want to make sure I am doing is is giving people insight to what allows me or what has allowed me to be successful because when I was coming up through the ranks, I was watching all those K1 champions from different you know areas of the world, Thailand, Japan, and, and Holland, and I could just never find really much on them. What are they doing? How are they training? Uh, you know, What kind of challenges are they doing physically to make sure they're ready when they get in the ring? So... I'm just going to put out a bit of everything and sort of see success. Our internet keeps getting bogged down here every couple couple seconds, but we'll work through it anyway. Um, okay. So at least you're not opening Kinder Eggs. Those things get a lot of views on YouTube for some reason. You sit there and open up a Kinder Egg and you get a million views. 
Yeah, no. I just I want to put out quality uh, quality material that sure might not reach the same number of people, but I'm proud of it. And I go, this is really useful stuff instead of just little ridiculous uh, tidbits of information. Yeah, I, well, I yeah. respect that. That's better than open, <laughs> better than doing dumb shit on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I could do something ridiculous like go in and do a couple of crazy sparring sessions with some MMA guys and get thousands of views right away. Just go in and, and, and hurt some people, but I have no interest in doing that. I, I want something that's, uh, just like I said, quality. Well, you did contact me, and you wanted to come back on the show. You're setting up a, a bit of a, a media, whatever, a little media tour. What the heck's going yeah. on? <laughs> I know that's not normally my style. I usually don't bother. Uh, it's just not something I love doing, but, you know, I'm getting more comfortable, Um throughout the years, just talking to more and more people, um, giving more information out. And I always get good feedback from, from fans and, and people who want to improve just like, Oh, we loved hearing you talk. And I just go, you know what? It's, it's something I should be doing. I, I really don't like when I try to find information on somebody, try to find how they've been successful and I can't. So, um, you know, I've been really fortunate being given lots of support in my career. So if I can do something that helps somebody get up to that, uh, that top pro rank, it's, uh, yeah, I just feel like it's something I can do now. You know, I, it, being with Bellator has been, been, been great for my career. Uh, you know, I'm finally making an actual living and yeah, I can, I can actually afford to do this now. I like that. Do you have a fight coming up? Um, I don't have one at the exact moment. I'm talking with my managers where, you know, I, fought, I just fought in December, so um, something between May and well, probably March, April, May, somewhere in there is what I'm hoping for. Because I did see a comment online the other day. You asked if Heroes was still a thing. Yeah, I fought for them over in China for a while, and and they were a great promotion. They treated me well. The uh, the scoring was fair, and and that's a big thing when you go to some of those promotions where you're fighting local local talent. Uh, you're always worried: Are, am I going to be treated fair? And I did a ch uh, fight in China. Uh, early last year, so almost a year ago, and, and the scoring was definitely not fair, and I was a little disappointed, and definitely, you know, sure they pay me, but uh, I want to go and have a fair fight, so I don't have interest in going back to those ones. Uh, so if I do go to China, yeah, I'll go back to Hero Legends, but the main the main focus is always Bellator now. Those guys are great to me. Uh, I love the promotion, so, you know, I, I have a, actually a new contract with them, too, that I just re-signed um, late last year so i have one fight down on it now and that's gonna that, that has me covered for the next two years so i mean i'm pretty much set now for uh for a while and that that last fight was you defending your title yeah and that was a great fight for me because i've this is something i'm going to talk in my channel you know people always need goals and i've always had and perform best when i have goals moving upwards i always want to move up and for me that's an easy goal you know i have somewhere to go i have places people to beat um, but as soon as I get to the top in the past, I just kind of go, well, you know, obviously the clear goal for most people, they just go, well, just defend your belt. Mm -hmm. But for me, I lost sight of my goal. I went, I'm number one. That's been my goal. I, I kind of lost sight of, you know, what do I do now? Um, and it was never physical. I always trained just as hard. I have no excuses for, for losing my belts. It was just uh, mentally when, when I lost, I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't really care. I'll get it back. Now I have a new goal. And, and with his last belt, I was a little nervous because I was going, oh, I'm defending again. I don't want a repeat of last time. Um, so I had to actually change up my focus and just go, you know what? I have new goals now. Uh, the new goal is not to stay number one. I, that hasn't worked for me in the past. Uh, make my new goal. I want to keep making lots of money, and I make money keeping the belt. 
and and I want to do my best to continue to move towards that uh, recognition of being the best uh, kickboxer in Canada ever. And that's that's a tough uh, tough thing to accomplish. You know, there's been some talented guys, especially with uh, guys like Johnny Terrio back in the '80s, I believe. So. Yeah, if I want to accomplish that, uh, you know, I have to keep pushing forward and keep winning. So just change the mindset. Well, Gabriel, when you say the best kickboxer in Canada, you're in the talks for the best kickboxer on the planet. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are there are lots of guys out there who are top notch, and I've taken a, a couple of losses. You know, if I uh, if I had two or three losses that would have been wins, then sure, I'd definitely be going. Okay, yeah, I, I think I do deserve a spot, um, the best ever. But those couple of losses, I, they don't sit well with me. So. Um, you know, I know I'm one of the best in the world, but to argue I'm the best, I, I don't think there's an argument for that at the moment. Uh, I got some more work to do to get back to that point. Um, you know, even if it's just winning, winning a few more fights and yeah, you know, there's always work to do and there's some great guys out there who have crazy records. So, uh, yeah, my goal right now is, uh, keep, keep winning and winning and winning, keep my belt, obviously make some money, um, which is new for me in this sport and, uh, yeah, try to, try to get that recognition of the best, uh, in Canada. Well, uh, I don't know what is, who's left for you in Bellator, probably a lot, but I know that there's a constant name being thrown around and it's a rematch with the soul assassin, Kevin Ross. Yeah. Everybody would love to see that fight again, just because it was a fight that was talked about for so long and he was such a big name for, uh, I mean, for the last decade. Uh, and then, you know, the, the fact that the fight went over, it was only two minutes. I just, people didn't get to see enough. I, I don't think of, of what we're really capable of displaying and it must've been a bummer for him. Um, for me, I, I've, you know, in the past when I had really fast knockouts, I'd actually get disappointed and kind of be like, Oh, I didn't get to showcase everything. But I've tried to change that mindset as well. And I think it's actually helped me in my last couple of fights. You know, go in. If I finish it quickly, celebrate it. Don't don't be disappointed. And and I have been finishing fights now, and, and I've been happy about it. So, yeah, if we get back in the ring, you know, uh, I'll prepare as hard as I can. But I don't imagine it going down like that again. Uh, I don't think it'll be such an easy fight. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's getting a little older now. We, we, we both are in, uh, in fighting years. You know, he's uh, I think he's about 37, so... Um, he's still a great fighter, and and uh, yeah, if I can if I can get a victory a second time, that would be great for my career. Well, the last time we talked, we talked about a website that was being launched. What happened with that? That one's still in development. Um, the, the general idea was called Fight Reg. Yep. And the general idea was it was going to help connect fighters, promoters, sanctioning bodies, just everybody in the fight world, and bring them together under one platform. Uh, and the the owner did the launch, and I did some posts on social media, and he experienced the same thing as me. Just you know, I can post up a photo of myself working out and get loads of awesome feedback, and then I post up something like, "Oh, this crazy new website's up and running, uh, FightReg.com. Check it out." And just there was no real interest in that av- avenue. And yeah, one of the concerns for me with that has always been, "Oh, you know, do does everybody in the fight world want to play together?" And I'm not sure if they really do. You know, promoters like to like to sometimes keep, or well, gym owners want to keep their fighters to themselves, and um, and the promotions don't want to share fighters very often. So you know, if it comes if it comes along and it works, um, that's fantastic. Um, but so we'll just keep pounding away at it and and see what happens. Yeah, if you quit on your goals, it'll never happen. So hey. no. No, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many guys, you know, you lose a fight, you give up, so you, you launch it once. We definitely haven't just gone and, and given up. Uh, it got sort of pushed off the 
the uh, the focus because I had fights and I had the YouTube channel and he got busy with another job so it just kind of got pushed to the side for six months so I think uh, sometime this year where we're going to try and give it another push probably probably the next month or so again and just keep working away on building it up but uh, yeah it's such a sometimes when you have an idea that's so revolutionary it's really hard to let people know how great it could be. And my dad said stuff like that in the past. He opened a white collar boxing gym in the seventies before I was born. And, and back then he just said there was no interest. Everybody who thought of boxing gyms went, Oh, you know, it's for fighters. It's dirty. It's, it's not for the average person to go in. And, and then now they're everywhere, right? Everybody wants to go and do a kickboxing class in the gym or boxing or Tybo or, I mean, that was more in the nineties, but Billy Blanks. Yeah. Really blanks. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes when you have an idea and it's too early, that doesn't mean give up. It just means keep pushing. So yeah, I'll, I'll work with the owner and we'll keep pushing. Um, some of the I, I bring some guys on that are, are cerebral guys like Steve Claggett. I've talked to Kevin Ross about it. I'm going to talk to you about it, but it's a fighter's mindset. Now mm. in the gym, we got some amateur guys coming up in the in the boxing ranks and we've seen some self-sabotage in the ring where it's the no i can't do this or or that kind of stuff does that ever go through your mind when you were when you were young in the sport no i i mean well sure yeah i would say if it never goes through your mind you're being unrealistic because i've seen people who have had that sort of mindset like no i can't lose i'm gonna go in i'm gonna knock me out in the first round and that's gonna be it and those guys more often than not are the guys who go and lose in my experience i've seen guys with that confidence like no reason for them to have that confidence and it just doesn't work so I would say yes, anybody who's getting in the ring who's not nervous and not scared and doesn't have some form of doubt, it's not a good thing actually, in my experience. But you don't want to have too much of it either because if you have too much, um, obviously it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you as well. So I'd say a healthy dose, in my experience, I get the butterflies, I get those nerves, and all it makes me do is train harder. And, and because you know, you're going, oh, my opponent's probably training hard, I need to go and train harder. I need to push. I need to make sure I'm not taking days off or missing my my really hard cardio days. And if I do that, it's just going to keep pushing me higher and higher and higher, making me a better fighter. And the more I train, the more confident I get. So it kind of for me is a package. It's going to be interesting to see like the next generation of fighters that are coming up in this Fortnite Xbox world where they're all sitting on their asses playing video games. Work work ethic is gone. It's. It, I mean. It's interesting because this is what my dad has said, and I kind of agree with him. He says the uh, the fit are getting fitter, and the guys who are just you know sitting around are sitting around more and more and more. Like the elite are just getting more elite because you get these these martial arts phenomenons who start from such a young age, and you know they're getting the whole tutelage, the, the groundwork, the kickboxing. They're, they're the whole package. Um, but yes, the average the average person will be spending more time in front of the computer. Computer, the, the the TV, and it's going to be harder for them to make that jump. But the guys who really dedicate themselves, they have everything now. I mean, there, there's no reason to to step into the ring and go or the cage and go. Oh, I don't know what groundwork is. I'm just a striker, or vice versa. So I think we'll see some really talented people coming up. But the guys who those guys are going to have a, such an advantage, and they're going to be really hard to beat if they're somebody who's being brought up from a young age and and really wants it. So. Yeah, you kind of remind me of like a Dolph Lundgren kind of Universal Soldier dude. Like you just go in there, get the job done, and leave. You don't care. (laughs) 
I, I, I laugh sometimes because people ask me, like, oh, how do you celebrate or how do you feel after the fight? And I go, you know, I have my nerves leading up to it. I win. I have, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes where sort of the, the stress leaves and the sort of sloughs off the shoulders and I get that lightweight feeling and I get that happiness and then 15 minutes later it's gone. I'm like, yeah, I just want to fight, whatever. But, yeah, I don't really care now. And, and it goes away so quickly for me, and I don't get that uh, that super high from it. You see guys jumping and screaming and partying, and I'm like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's done. It's in the past now, and, and don't dwell on it. And maybe that's something that's allowed me to move on past losses as well. I've had a lot of people ask me, can you do a YouTube video on how do you deal with a loss? And I started reflecting on it, and I was going, well, I think the main reason that, that I don't struggle with losses the way a lot of other people do is I know I gave everything I could in my training camp. There's no excuse. I don't have an excuse. Oh, I, I could have trained harder. Oh, I could have done this. Like, Sure, in hindsight, there's always something you could do different to make yourself better in the ring that night. But I did everything I could in those camps to make sure I was prepared. I came into the ring confident and and then I had a loss, and I kind of walk away and go, you know what? No regrets. I, there was somebody better than me that night, um, but I trained as hard as I could, and and that's a good feeling. Even though you had a loss, it's still a good feeling. Hmm. Uh, now, this show, my show's kind of changed a little bit. I have a producer that sits in the studio with me. He kind of does a little bit of legwork for me. Derek, did we have any fan questions come in today? Yeah, I don't know if you can hear the audio, but I'll, I'll, I'll shoot them to you. Um, fan questions. Um, we had a reference to the Y crew or the Ramuai, which is the, the the traditional Muay Thai dance before a fight. If you have one, have you done it? Are you familiar with it? And uh, what's your thoughts on it? Is there a place in modern in modern kickboxing for it? That was a question that came in. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's a good question. That's actually. Um, as they were saying, it's a Muay Thai, and there is a difference between kickboxing and Muay Thai, and and Muay Thai elbows and knees. There's a clench. You can throw the elbows, and you can have a long clench happening, but you can't get away with that in kickboxing. And another difference as well is the the dance beforehand doesn't happen. And, and that's, I believe, a gym dance. Um, it's for, I think, to honor your gym, as far as I know. But I've never fought in a Muay Thai fight, and I've never followed the super traditional Muay Thai um, sort of aspects. Like a lot of people will raise their hands and, and bow to each other all the time, and I love it. I love um, that martial arts mentality. And I was actually thinking of doing a YouTube video on the Muay Thai fighters and how they're such gentlemen, and how I really appreciate that whole sport there. Because as much as I love MMA, there is that whole element of, of bad talking your opponent. Appreciate that. I think we should be gentlemen in the sport. So, um, yeah, the Y crew is is great, and I love the discipline of that. But, no, I've never really adapted to Muay Thai because I'm a North American. I'm a kickboxer, and, and I'm just sort of sticking with that. Great answer. And uh, next question we have, we did a deep dive on your Wikipedia page, and we mm -hmm. found out that you're a classically trained pianist. Is, mm -hmm. you tell us about that. How yeah, I actually have my... Um, my piano right, right there beside me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, so 
I think that's, you know, things get embellished a little bit. Yes, uh, I can play the piano. I've been doing it since I think I was about grade three, so around eight years old. Uh, we had my grandfather's piano that got uh, passed on to, to us, so we were told from a young age we had to do two things in our family. Um, this was when it was just my brother and I. I have three siblings, but when I had one, we had to do martial arts, we had to get our black belt, and we had to play an instrument. And there was just, there was no debate there, that's just what the parents said, and obviously we're brought up pretty strict, so you do what your parents say, and I chose to play the piano because we had one. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing it for a number of years. Uh, I can still jump on and, and, and play, uh, you know, I'd only do it once every month now, but um, yeah, I didn't really go past the point where I wouldn't say I was an expert by any means. Um, you know, I did about 10 years, but in the last five years, it was just more, what music do I want to learn? Oh, I want to have fun learning, you know, mu music uh, from movie themes or something like that. So I'd, okay. I'd have my instructor teach us that as opposed to the classical stuff where I just wasn't having fun with that anymore. It's just like, ah, oh, it's too by the book. I don't like the songs as much. I want to hear a song, get really excited about it, and then go and learn it. So, Great. yeah. Our next question came from one of the local Muay Thai instructors who teaches a kid pros a kids program. Says you have a lot of experience teaching kids, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of the problems he was talking about was retention with kids. And you took brag, well, not brag, that's the wrong word. Are you no. really proud of the fact that you're you've had students from eight eight years old all the way up to eighteen years old? I was wondering if you could share maybe some of your techniques or secrets to keeping students longer, or and that he wanted to reference maybe. Do you think having a classical ranking system or a belt system in place helps, or maybe is it just being more on the floor, playing games, or what What, what, what could you offer? So, yeah, I, I mean, I've been teaching kids now since I was 12. I, I don't know why somebody handed a kid's program over to me when I was 12, but they did. Uh, I mean, I was a tall 12-year-old, and I was, I was very disciplined and very strict, but yeah, he's, he's like, oh yeah, come over and uh, to keep, teach a couple classes with me, and I did, and then all of a sudden, he didn't show up for the third one, didn't show up for the fourth one, and all of a sudden, I was on my own. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. I love it. Uh, yeah, my retention rate has been very high with the kids. I don't play games with kids. Um, it's, yeah, I, I've never done that before. I teach six to, generally, six to 12-year-olds is where I let them enter my program, and then I don't really have an entry program for anybody past that age. Um, all that happens is the kids stay with me, they stay with me, they want to keep training, so I opened up sort of a secondary class for those kids who have been training, and I haven't signed up a new child in that class for, uh, now, well, never really, they just come from the younger program, and yeah, I don't invite anybody, I do no advertising, it's a smaller program, I only have about 30 kids in that one, um, but again, it's only three classes a week, so 30 kids through the three classes is great. So yeah, no games. Um, I just I do things that are fun, maybe a workout. I'll be like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to do this, this workout today. We're going to turn it into a game because here's a time challenge. You know, you need to do this workout in this amount of time, and then I'll do it again the week after. And kids, even the young ones, get very motivated to challenge themselves and beat their times and, and match the older kids in class. So I found giving them goals and making sure that they're always motivated is, is a fantastic way to keep them interested and keep them fit. And then by the same token, that uh, motivation to progress, not just skill level-wise, but to actually see that they're moving through ranks is so important. And I specifically know a gym back where, in Ontario where I did a seminar there one time. I was blown away by the, by the talent of the kids there. Um, I think it's, 
uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name right at the moment, but the kids were amazing and they had a grading system there. And the guy said the same thing. I think he tried to run the program without a grading system. It was not having the same retention. And then because it's kickboxing, you don't want to do belts. Mm. There's no real belt system. So he just did shorts. And I think I'll probably end up doing that when I, uh, I open a full, full-time gym. I'll just have shorts for adults because I don't want to be giving out belts for kickboxing. So I'll just go, yeah, you know, it's just sort of a symbol of how you progress through through my gym. And these are the advanced guys who have on the black shorts and the guys with the white or yellow shorts are sort of beginner level. And you have the testings because people need to have some sort of test, some sort of stress to challenge them and make them feel like they accomplish something. So... I think all that is super important in uh, in retention for members. Uh, people people want to advance. They don't want to. Right. I mean, the whole idea of belts is really funny because back a long time ago, there was in uh, Japanese martial arts um, a white belt and a black belt, and you were a white belt until the instructor came up, didn't have a test, he just awarded you your belt. You know, could be ten years later. Here's your here's your black belt. And, oh my gosh, now people want to have testings every month and people can get their black belts in three years and it's a, it's a little ridiculous now. Um, but yeah, for myself, I test the kids about once, once every six months when they're sort of in the first couple years and then once every year as they get later on and it still takes them 10 years to get a black belt with me, which is a ridiculously long time, but I don't want to be giving away black belts to people who don't deserve it. So yeah, I mean, Retention is, is super important. I think it's just a matter of finding, uh, trying out different things. I've done the same thing. Uh, you know, I try try out methods, and if I lose lose some people, I go, oh, you yeah, know, well, that's not working. Right. But uh, yeah, definitely a belt system. Okay. Next question we have was uh, came from us from Instagram. They said, with your current Bellator contract, you had the ability and the exercise to go to the MMA route. You referenced in the last podcast. You showed a dislike towards some of the groundwork. I was wondering if you experienced or thought about it that, or is it just one of those annoying questions that you get all the time that you're sick of answering? No, no. People people do ask me that quite often, and, and I'm always happy. I never get annoyed with those questions because people are curious and uh, and interested in my career, and that's uh, that's an honor that people even care. Um, so, yes, I, I do have that in my contract, uh, the, the MMA fights. What I found was... That I would train in between my kickboxing camps for groundwork, and I didn't. I didn't hate it. I actually love all martial arts. Um, it's just, do I like it enough to to get really, really good at it? And and I love kickboxing. Ever since I was young, I, I've loved striking. I want to get better. I want to do it every day. The groundwork. When I used to do it when I was young, I was happy doing it two or three times a, a week. And um, yeah. Anyway, the big the big difficulty I was finding was I would be getting a little bit of uh, forward momentum learning jujitsu or wrestling and then the kickboxing fight would come along and then I'd just go, you know what, I'm not confident enough to do this whole kickboxing camp, prepare for my next you know, Bellator fight and continue to do groundwork because that's going to take away from the normal training that I do. So, you know, I'd take two months off from my training camp, you need two weeks off after to rest up. And then uh, all of a sudden, 10 weeks have gone by, and I jump back in. And I'm like, oh, I forgot so much stuff. I feel like I'm starting off from scratch again. Just because the detail of, of that sport is so in-depth. It's not, you know, here's a punch, here's a kick, here's a block. It's even learning just all the different positions from, from the guard. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, I need a book, and I need a pen, and I need to be writing this all down. And so I went, either I need to commit fully to this, and decide, okay, I'm done with kickboxing, I'm doing MMA, 
may or I need to decide, you know what, kickboxing is what I love. I have a few years left. Maybe I should just take the money that I'm getting paid now, uh, help build Bellator's kickboxing promotion, and, and be happy with that. So at the moment, that's where I've sort of settled. Um, I, I'm going to be happy if that's the end of my career and I've only done kickboxing. Uh, I will keep looking at the possibility um, of doing MMA, but yeah, it's not a priority for me anymore. Great. Another question that came in via the Facebook page is, uh, you have a history in the, the sport karate, the point fighting, back in your early career, and they were wondering with guys like Michael Venom Page, Raymond Daniels, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, those guys that are really kind of fighting on that side where it's point karate style stance that are making a bigger splash into kickboxing and MMA. If your thoughts on that style and the integration between that, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I did a lot of work to change my style from that to a kickboxing style um, when I transitioned because a lot of people said, you, you know, you can't do kickboxing in this style. And it's awesome that those guys have, have proved, uh, proved people wrong because it obviously does work. You just have to be so high level to pull that off. And I actually fight with Raymond Daniels on Bellator now. Um, and the last couple of times I've been on events, he's been there and we sit down and we have some, some nice chats and yeah, it's very interesting talking to him. Uh, you know, he was started in the sport, and then he met a couple guys who, like Nikki Holtzkin and uh, Joseph Altolini, who managed to give him a couple losses. And then he went, okay, you know what? I actually have to learn kickboxing now. I have to learn how to square up my stance. I have to learn how to check a kick. And he did that. And just to this day, he hasn't actually had to demonstrate it yet because he keeps beating all the guys that they've put against him with his traditional kickboxing style. Or karate, yeah, with his traditional karate style. So, you know, that anybody who's high level in martial arts, I think, is going to have a certain, uh, a certain amount of people that they can beat. Like, he, with his style, he'll beat 95% of guys. Um, but there will be that 5% of elite, elite scary guys who don't match up well with him who will probably beat him if he's not training kickboxing. But he is. So... According to him, if he needs to change his stance, if somebody starts hacking his lead leg, because that's the problem with that side stance, people should be attacking your leg and trying to break it down so you can't throw those fancy kicks. So if somebody does that to him, he said he knows how to square his stance up and check kicks, and, and he's a great boxer too. He's so fast in there, and his head movement's amazing. So yeah, any of those guys um, that you mentioned, I'm sure they can all switch their style if they need to, but they're so successful, they don't, they don't have to right now. Right, right. Our final question of the evening so far is, um, it was a guy that actually was on your YouTube channel, wanted to, had a question about pads. More importantly, it was actually a reference back to the last podcast. We were talking about maybe how doing, you were doing three rounds of pad work during a week or not as many, uh, not pads, pardon me, bag work. And oh. right, right, that reference. Um, and it kind of shook up, yeah. shook up our comment section about bag work and pad work. And maybe more importantly, it brought us to the point where doing pads is seems to be important. And it's more, uh, of course, it's important. However, what happens in your scenario? Like you train with yourself when you don't have somebody of a high level like you to hold pads. What are some alternative methods to doing pads mm. that you have come up with through your training experience? So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super fortunate to begin with. With the I do a lot of the training myself um, in creating what I need to in creating my camp. But I'm usually never on my own. I usually have I have my brother. I have two brothers who will both usually show up if I need them, and I have two other buddies who will usually be there. So 
Um, yes, I don't do a lot of bag work, um, but I do a lot of pad work, and I do have a lot of support in that sense. Um, yeah, I would never say to anybody you don't need to do bag work because bag work is a fantastic way to, to get your cardio. It's a great way to work out on your own. And even last camp, I had two days where, where my pad holder last minute went, oh, I'm so sick, I can't make it out. So, yeah, there's no alternative. I have to go and do bag work, and it's still good. But my problem with bag work and the reason I don't do it that often is if I show up to a training session and I have somebody there who's holding pads for me, I feel that the pad work is far superior to the bag work. But you need a high-level pad holder, I think, who even knows you quite well to make it better than bag work. Because on the bag, you can go at your pace, you can pick your shots. Um, that's, that's a great thing to be able to do. You know, you're working on your own. But sometimes if you don't have enough motivation, you're not going to push yourself the same as a good pad holder will. So if I have a high-level pad holder, the, the work out, like, far outweighs that that I can do on the bags by myself. But if I had a choice between a mediocre pad holder and bag work, I'll pick pad, or bag, bag work for sure. I'm in the opposite right now where I don't have a, a specific pad holder. So if somebody shows up that can hold pads, you're getting put to work. But most of the time, I'm 10 to 20 rounds a day on a bag. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very different too in, I guess, the sense that I get very frustrated doing the same workouts over and over. Um, I did I did the, the routine in Thailand for 10 weeks while I was there, you know, wake up, go for your 8K run, come back, do your clench, hit the bag for five rounds, do your pad, same thing the next day, same thing, or same, say, same thing later that day, and you repeat all week long, and I was just... Uh, yeah, you want to shoot yourself. That's, that's my mindset. Um, yeah, I I like to keep everything fresh. Um, you know, if I go out running to tomorrow morning, uh, doing you know my sprints the next day, if I have to do my sprints again, the same routine this week, I'm going somewhere else just to switch up the visuals. I don't want to see the same place. I'll switch up the pattern of my workout too. I don't like doing the same pattern. I don't like always starting with skipping and then always doing shadow boxing and then always doing pads and. I like to switch it up because when your body gets set in a routine, it becomes comfortable, things become easy, and if you go into a fight and you haven't surprised yourself constantly and switched things up, then you might not be in as good shape as you think you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just switch up routines, just switch the pattern, and you go, whoa, that was a lot more tiring than I thought it would have been. You're doing the exact same thing, but... Um, so yeah, I mean, bag work is always super important. And if you can, if you have to do it, that's great. Um, I'm just the same, like, you know, if I have to do 10 rounds of bag, I just want a space where I have five or six different types of bags. I don't want to hit the same bag because then, yeah. then it's really, <laughs> really upset. I switch it between two different bags every five rounds. So we have like one of those big round ball ones. Yeah. I like that one cause you can rip uppercuts on it and I like to mm -hmm. do that. And then I have another bag that actually really gasses my arms out because it's so heavy. It's like 200 pounds. Oh, yeah, one of those big guys. Jeez. Yeah. They don't even move at all. Yeah. I feel like you're doing very normal. I can get it to, to move a little bit, but nothing where it's nothing crazy. Not like a 100-pound bag or a 70-pound bag where I can make it touch the ceiling. Yeah. Well, I actually had somebody who commented on one of my videos and said that they'd like me to post up something about bag routines. And I was going, ah, how do I make it? video on bag routines interesting you know you, you jump on the bag and you hit the bag blah, blah 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 what do you what else do you want me to tell you and then i started thinking more about what i do with my bag work and i went oh i actually have a lot to share because i don't just go on the bag and just do uh, 20 20 rounds of bag work or 10 rounds of bag work if i had to do that which uh, like i said last camp i did 
every round I'm going to do something different. And I'm going to make, make, okay, this round is only hands, but I'm only allowed to do jab, cross, and I'm going to have to do it three, you know, I'll jump in, jab, cross, jump out, right away back in, back out, in and out, and then I'll move around and I'll take a little break. So I'm always doing stuff like that. And I thought about one of the routines I do, and I'm going to do a video on that because people have been asking me my last over the last year, what are you doing differently now that you're KOing people? And I, I've been thinking and racking my brain. I'm like, well, it could just be mindset. You know, I, I feel a little bit meaner in the ring now. I, I used to not like to hurt people. And now I'm going, okay, you know what? I, I'm okay with hurting people now. If something changed, I don't know. But I've also had three or four new routines that I've added in. And one of the bag routines that I do is very different than, than most people's bag routines. It's just five seconds on, five seconds off. I do that three times. You just hit as hard and as fast as you can for five seconds. You need somebody behind the bag holding for you. So my brother and I do this when we're together. I hit for five seconds. I bounce for five seconds. I do that three times, and then he goes, and he does the same thing. Okay. And we do that for a three-minute round. So you're only doing 15 seconds of work in your first in your first 30-second period, and you do that three times, alternating. So you're only doing 45 seconds of work, which is usually not my style. I, I usually want to be go, 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 going as much as I can. But I've been doing that, and because I'm doing these short little periods, it has to be 100%. And usually I kind of do pad work, you know, 90, 95. So maybe that's something different that's helped me improve my power and my speed. I, I don't know. I've been racking my brain, and I went, you know what? This is a worthwhile YouTube video um, and something that I think people could benefit from. So you can switch up your routines and make it interesting for sure. So I'll, I'll say something I do no on question. the bag a lot is uh, we have a, instead of a 10-second clapper at our gym, we have a 30-second buzzer before the rounds are going to end. And I go as hard as I can for the last 30 seconds of every round. Just go, 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 go. Yeah, just nonstop. As hard as I can for, th yeah. for every round of the last 30 seconds. Yeah, we used to do that at uh, the gym. I used to train at Pedrex. Um, there's always a 30-second buzzer and the end of... Tie pad or bag rick was always just either like nonstop straight punches, nonstop round kicks, something, something, something. Um, I stopped doing that when I moved on and started creating my own routines because my pad work is usually so intense anyway. I mm -hmm. don't feel like like I need to do that. I'm going, it's just as tiring doing the, the variety. And, and the variety for me is what really makes the the fight's that much easier because you have people throwing at you, you're countering, and that whole element of pad work, which you don't get in bag work, is why I like the pad so much more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not just offense. It's it's the defense as well. Um, but that, that 30 seconds at the end of rounds is a great way to spike that cardio. That's a good way to end your fights too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, if you need to steal a round or you need to put that little blast in where it's 100%, it's definitely good to have the body used to that motion. Exactly. Uh, did you contact me for a reason? Did you have a hidden agenda coming on this show today, Gabriel? No, not really. I just went. It's been it's been a while, and uh, <laughs> wanted to come on and talk shit. All right, perfect. yeah, just, just come on and talk, and <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm seeing in the background you've got a nice Gabriel Varga poster, kickbox uh, Bellator kickboxing poster. You're obviously sponsored by Hayabusa. Uh, well, this one I can't even actually tell you which one this is from. I I obviously have a banner when I go in and fight now. So my managers and get all my sponsors. They send over the banner. Or the banner gets held up before the fight. This is one of the two or three ago so I, I have a variety of guys that uh, sponsor me but 
honestly, I just put it up there because if I didn't put that there, you guys would be looking at uh, some flowers or some fancy landscape because it would be my wife's background. So I was like, you know what? I think I should should put up something some somewhat fight banner related, and I happen to have one of those lying around. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw that up. And uh, Luna Bar, do you actually eat those things? Uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely. Like, I've never had one. I, I just wanted to know if they were good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I was actually in uh, one of my last YouTube videos when I was fighting in Genoa. Did a a little. Uh, sort of video on everything that I do in a couple of days leading up to the fight and I was just taking out all my bars and I can't even remember if I put that in the video because when you come back you have you know like a couple hours of footage you're like man I have to fit this into three minutes what do I cut what don't I cut but I had this one thing where I had my big stack of bars that I just I, I'm so excited for once once I weigh in and those are one of the bars for sure where I'm like oh my gosh I get to eat bars and to get those calories back on and yeah, I have a whole bunch of different bars that I take with me on fight trips. Just because when you go over to those places, I've made the mistake too many times now of being like, I'm going to Italy. There's got to be everything I could possibly want food-related over there. Mm-hmm. And, and then you make weight and you can't find something. Like, Darn it, I should have just packed it. Uh, I should have just you know bit the bullet, gone and bought it beforehand. So, yeah. See, I'd be nervous to go on somewhere weird and then eating something that would make me sick. Yeah, it's always a bit of a risk. I mean, from what I've noticed and being on these big promotions, most of the top fighters seem to be they seem to be eating whatever's there. I mean, there's the few guys, like even Raymond Daniels, for instance, leading up to the fight, he's super strict with his diet. He, he actually has a timer. Oh, and, wow. and we were at the press conference, and he's like, oh, my timer, my food, I'm not getting to eat on the right time of the day. And I was going, well, really? You have to eat it at a certain point in the day? I've never even heard that before. Like, I just eat when when i'm cutting weight i just eat when i when i'm like okay i can't wait any longer i have to eat now otherwise i'm gonna fall over that's usually when i eat when i'm cutting weight but he had everything timed out and uh he was you know going to the grocery store and actually going to the hotel kitchen and having them cook specific food for him i just kind of go out and i'm like i need a salad let's go and find a restaurant i'll get something that's healthy if it has some food in it that i can eat like croutons in the salad i just put them to the side Mm. So, yeah, I'm a little bit more relaxed uh, about it, but, you know, there's such few amount of things you can eat during that point anyway that it's, it's really hard to go wrong. I mean, how do you how do you mess up a salad? Yeah, I don't know. If you put some shitty dressing on there, I guess, that'd be the only thing. Yeah, you just have to, oh, I mean, that's the thing with all salad. I think nowadays, like, we go, my wife goes out with me, and she's like, always get dressing on the side for me. I don't want it on there because it's just, there's no point in getting a salad if you get it with dressing because you don't, you're not losing any, uh, any, calories those things are just yeah packed with calories yeah that's true Uh, i see i see my guy derek over here he's trying to write something down oh yeah another fan question did you watch the floyd mayweather fight versus the kickboxing fellow over in ryzen teshin yes that poor that poor that poor little (laughs) i certainly did watch it uh, I was really fortunate because I kind of forgot that it was happening, and I was curious. I didn't even know if it was happening the night before. I'm like, I have hardly heard anything in the last week about this fight, and I thought there would be, you know, new new notices everywhere. It's happening. It's going down. It's not happening. So I just happened to turn it on, and somebody had posted the the fight up, and I got no spoilers or anything, and just got to actually watch it. Um, I wasn't surprised with the outcome, and uh, I definitely didn't think it was a fixed fight. I know that there's so many back and forth things of people, and and even uh, Brendan Schaub 
am I saying his name right? He has a yeah. podcast. You're from, yeah. And I was watching something with him, and he was saying, oh, that's definitely a fixed fight. They need to bring that Japanese guy over and get him some acting lessons. I was like, no. <laughs> that was not a fixed fight. And and I'm with, probably with everybody else, that first knockdown was kind of like, did he really get hit? I need to watch that. And I watched it over and over. And you see the spot where it landed, like right up there. Yeah. And you hear you hear the connection when the shot lands. You're like, okay, that that made a lot larger sound than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And the size difference. I just don't think people fully appreciate. You know, they, they hear about guys like Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao and all these guys jumping up in weight. And they don't realize how exceptional those guys are to be able to do that. I mean, I've been asked before, are you going to move up to 155 and fight, you know, Petrosian? Are you going to move up and fight all these guys? I'm going, no, I'm not going to do that. That sounds like just madness to me. I don't want to fight a guy who has 20, 30 pounds on me. Um, And the fact that those guys do it, I think, doesn't really resonate with everybody how amazing it is. So in that fight, you know, Teshin was was outsized by 20, 30 pounds. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's all that happened. He got hit. And, and people don't always realize how hard Floyd does hit. Sure, maybe he's not knocking guys down in his weight class, but he's also weighing in. He weighs in at what he walks at, pretty much. Like, I saw yeah. something recently with him. He eats pasta the night before he's making weight. Yeah. So he's a small guy for his weight class. So if he fights somebody 20 pounds less than him or 30 pounds less than him and he touches them, well, sure, they're going to go down. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, that I think that that young fellow that he fought like fights at maybe one twenty five or something like that. It's pretty light. Yeah, I think he used to fight really, really small. He's moved up. I think he's held three K one belts, if I'm not mistaken, um, and I could be, but I'm pretty sure he's done three weight class jumps. And I can't imagine he's put all that on, all that muscle on. It's probably just more he's that good that he's been able to move up. So. Mm. I think we're probably talking about somebody who was 135, sorry, 115 at one point, then probably 125, and might have had a couple fights at 135, but being outsized. But skill level, he's great, but as always, he's not a boxer. And uh, to to, to even fight a boxer who's one of the best in the world at his weight class, he'd still lose. Yeah. But now you're talking about the best boxer of our generation ever. Well, it's not even close. No. No, it's not. I mean, it would be, that would be like like Floyd jumping in against like Giorgio Petrosian or actually somebody even bigger. Put G- Floyd in a kickboxing fight with somebody at 170 pounds. Then is it fair? No, that's not fair. So it was just a, it was just a mismatch. The a kickboxing fight with Floyd Mayweather would be over in the first round as soon as he got hit with a leg kick. It'd be over. Oh, of course, of course. If the guy has any sense you would just you would not let your hand leave your head at all and you would just hack the leg and uh and just make sure yeah it would be it would be a terrible fight for him because he likes that far range he's not an inside fighter if if you put me against a boxer like uh maidana marcos maidana that fought floyd that would be a harder fight because he would be not one let you kick and and he might be able to pull it off better than the average boxer but somebody like floyd he wants to box right at that perfect kicking distance yeah so yeah it's just all this cross-discipline stuff is is super interesting but it's just it's just for the spectacle of it all it's it's not really necessary hey i enjoyed watching it oh it's it's people have been talking about it more than most fights this year (laughs) (laughs) it's uh when's the next bellator kickboxing card then I'm waiting on that. I think most people are always waiting on that. Uh, that's the, uh, the the one downside of, of Bellator kickboxing. I love the promotion. I love the people in them. 
Uh, I love everything they do, but it's just a little difficult always knowing when the next event is going to be because they primarily uh, promote them in Europe and they don't do a whole lot of European uh, Bellator cards uh, outside of Ireland and England, I believe. They started upping those, but kickboxing-wise, they generally do them in Hungary or Italy at the moment. So um, they have a very small amount of fighters signed, uh, myself, Raymond Daniels, a few other guys who are super elite, and we just basically wait for them to announce, like, oh, we're doing kickboxing, or Bellator Kickboxing 12, which will be the next one. We're just waiting. Is it going to be March, April, May? Um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen more and more stuff of you popping up on the Facebook and online. Maybe it's because we talked. I have no fucking idea. But uh, there's been Bellator stuff that's come up with pictures of you on it. I didn't know if there were because I hadn't heard anything. Normally, it'll come on Spike TV or I'll get a notification that there's a kickboxing event coming up, but I haven't heard anything. Yeah, they don't have one planned at the moment uh, that that I know of, and I'm I'm hoping I would know of it before most other people would. They're not going to announce it and not tell me. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know the exact time. Um, but yeah, now if you want to watch the Bellator kickboxing events, they actually changed it up uh, starting at the last one. It's not going to, well, it's not even Spike anymore. It's Paramount. Yeah. But they're not airing it live on Paramount. They're actually putting it on DAZN. It's live on DAZN. Oh. And it's live on their Bellator app, which is actually free. Um, oh. So yeah, my, my sister said that was fantastic. She said she was, I think, had a, uh, on a break at work. Just when my fight started, she was like, oh, I'm going to log in, put through on the Bellator app, see if Gabe's fighting. And she just did. And it was like, oh, perfect high definition quality right there live. Before Bellator kickboxing was fights when we there at seven and then they'd have the air delay. And, you know, the fights were, were airing after the results were already known. So I think this is much better now because people can just go on and watch it live on the app and uh, or they can go to DAZN because that's a, a big new site now. So, yeah, people can choose. But, yeah, it's not on TV, which for myself is a bit of a bummer because there's always that extra people that you would reach when it's just on TV. These, you know, anybody who's going to watch it on DAZN or the Bellator app are obviously already kickboxing fans. They're, they're there for fight fans do that but like i said everything else about bellator is fantastic so it's a small price to pay all right gabriel let's wrap this up we're at about the hour mark i know you got sponsors you got people you want to thank go ahead <laughs> oh man my list of sponsors is always ridiculous so, yeah hayabusa is one of my, my big sponsors and uh i actually have a uh, a training segment coming out with them that people can look forward to i was actually there last year for two days, they, they flew me out. We uh, did a bunch of filming, kickboxing tutorials. It's going to be more beginner level, but hey, we just went around. They have a, a beautiful gym next to them, and we just went around and filmed all these beginner sort of things, and they're going to be releasing those this year. So that was fantastic to work with them. Uh, and, yeah, as always, I don't really pick out anybody in particular. I just say thanks to everybody who supports me because, uh, yeah, as much as you know, a lot of my career is based on me getting up and training myself, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without without everybody. Guys like you helping support my career, all the fans watching, and all the people back home who uh, who make sure I have pad holders, or my family who make sure if I'm stressed out, you know, I come back and there's food for me. There's always people taking care of me. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm fortunate. <laughs> well, thanks for making the time to come on. We were supposed to talk earlier in the day. Screwed that up. <laughs> yeah, I messed that up. It was my fault. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to let you get away today without coming on because uh, some like, why the fuck not? <laughs> uh, it's good to get on. Yeah, I just before I was like, oh, man, you know what I was doing last night? My 
own fault. I, uh, I I was doing. I went and filmed last night with my brother at the gym, and we were out filming for the YouTube channel till probably about uh, nine to eleven, and then I got back home, ate some food, and then I wanted to see what the footage looked like, and then all of a sudden it was two a.m. and I was editing, editing videos, and then I woke up around ten and was feeling kind of spacey, like, huh, I, I think. We didn't set a time for the podcast. I'll just check in in a little bit, and <laughs> it was too late. So I'm sorry. That was my fault. It's all good, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Best of luck in whatever's going to come up next for you. Make sure you tell me ahead of time so I can do something for it. Awesome, yeah. And, uh, yeah, keep contacting me. Come, Keep coming back on. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Perfect. It's a pleasure being on because, yeah, we always get to – yeah, you can only share so much on social media. So you put up a little <laughs> post, and I'm like, oh, that – that doesn't really help anybody, so it's always good doing these because if you know people have, I like the questions today. That was great. I love answering questions. Yeah, we're gonna do a, lot, a heck of a lot more than uh, more of that now that I've got the uh, another guy here with me that can feed it to me and and keep track of all that stuff because I'm stupid. I get punched in the face way too much. <laughs> you gotta have that secondary guy there for sure. That helps. Yeah. All right, my man. It was a pleasure. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. But all right, well, that was uh, Gabriel Varga we just talked to. Yeah, Derek, you had some good fan questions. Yeah, six-time world champion had some great questions come in. It was really fun, really interesting to see what see what it has. It was quite an honor to have such a high-level fighter on the podcast. Yeah, the really... the Canadian Dolph Lunder. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I did check out his YouTube channel. I didn't get to talk about that. It's really well done, and I suggest anybody uh, that is a fan of combat sports to check out the uh, Gabriel Varga on youtube got some great fight tips great ideas going on so i was a little disappointed though his uh fightreg.com wasn't not up and running yet but that's a hard thing it is and a tough thing he made an interesting point you know referencing like do we all want to play together yeah is it a good idea though like, is it a good idea to put a whole bunch of Neanderthals on a fucking web page? It shit's gonna happen. Like, it's unfortunately, gonna, it's unfortunately, gonna happen, yeah. it's gonna turn into fucking the sure dog forms or something like <laughs> right, that. Right, right. You know it's what just I'm a saying? Fucking insult fest and. But whatever. I hope I just, I I don't secretly want it. I want it to work, but there's just some obstacles that need to be addressed. I really, I in a perfect world, I would love it to work. Right. It's a great idea, and I respect it. But what I would try to avoid is it turning into top MMA news for fucking news feeds and with the people talking bullshit on right. there and then dumb people say dumb shit. If you guys are just turning in now, um, Gabriel Varga was referencing a website he's having developed um, called FightReg.com, which we'd bring produce, uh, uh, fight promoters, fighters together in a single forum where you could contact each other, so you could either. Organized sparring or contact or promoter, see if fights are coming up, just like a one-stop shop. But he just was just recently talking about all the troubles he had yeah. with it getting going. But we're gonna do a couple minutes, sure, 10, 15 minutes. Well, we went on a trip. We did off to Medicine Hat this weekend. Um, we had two of our fighters, local fighters, uh, the more closer to our heart, I guess, would be your nephew, Hunter. Yeah, he fought. He fought. And it was second fight. Second fight, yeah. And uh, we drove in that day, got up at the old 5 a.m. to drive. Well, I'm an idiot, and I didn't do the chime change either. I don't but know. we showed up. We were there early. Yeah. Whatever. But nice little hotel. Yep. Well put together. Super organized. Stole a continental breakfast. 
That was not everybody uh, stole the Mondello breakfast. Everybody rolled into that place, waffles and uh, hash browns, and it was a uh, eggs, bacon, <laughs> sausage, bagels, just, muffins. Like, everybody fuck. rolled in that poor little hotel and just robbed it blind of food. They didn't say shit though, so no, they kept bringing in shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, eat it up, fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was interesting. Um. Yeah. Got to the got to the hotel. Um. You met a couple some old friends. Ran into Warren and Vlad from Southpaw uh, Boxing. Steve Claggett's coaches, they were there coaching their kids. Uh, who else I ran into? Trevor McKinnon. Ran into Moses. Trevor from McKinnon's out of? Red Deer. Red Deer. Ran into Moses from Regina. Kenny from fucking what Sand, is Hills. Sand Hills. Right. I want to say it's fucking uh, Leader all the time. But it, it, is it? It's Sand Hills. I don't know. I think leader. I think they're really close to each other. I, Leaders like the fucking just closest thing. Yeah. To, oh, neither here nor there. Um, um, going through the fight card clubs from Lloyd Minister, Calgary. Lloyd Calgary. Deshonda's uh, girl was from Spokane, and Washington. Washington. Deshonda is uh, the second fighter we had on the su- Saturday or the Sunday. Sunday. The Sunday. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the fight. Um, your first time coaching Hunter? Second. Second time? No, oh, I've been coaching him well, for sorry. almost it, a year now, but uh, second fight. We should have three, but shit happens. Started uh, with a little wardrobe malfunction. What happened there? Something. Oh, yeah. So um, they didn't tell us in the coaches meeting that you weren't allowed to wear hats and you had to wear like some fucking... Black pants that are fucking... I don't know, man. Well, I've, I've been to the KO events with you, and that's never been an issue. No. This is an amateur thing. It's an amateur so thing. So I'm standing on the ring apron, and the guy says, yeah, you got to take off your hat. And I simply looked at him, and I said, said your you probably should have fucking told me that before I came out here with my hat on, because now I don't want to talk to you about it. Right. I want to coach my guy, and I don't give a fuck what you're saying to me. Right. And then he kindly made a comment about my pants. And so I threw my hat on the ground (laughs) and I told him that he could leave and uh, we'll be out of here shortly. Right. But um, like normally in a situation like that, I would hand it amicably. Yeah. But uh, I was kind of in the mode where my guy's going to fight here in 10 seconds and and you're fucking with me right right now. So can you just leave me alone and we'll deal with it after the fact? Right. Like, okay, my hat's off. You don't need to talk to me about my pants. I'm not. Uh, I can coach in the corner with my underwear on. Right. But I'm not running back to go borrow a pair of slacks. Right. From some fucking sure guy in the back. It's not happening. Well, the fight wasn't with. Before we tell you the outcome, um, the fight wasn't without. I guess controversy. Um, the, the the they picked a fight for the guy uh, for Hunter. Pardon me. And um, he seemed to be. Under match, under skill. Well, the the prearranged match that was supposed to happen was Hunter versus um, Gabe. Maybe is that his name? Somebody from uh, so he was the guy that fought that Luke kid that Hunter beat and Luke won the provincial title at at our event. Sure. So he was supposed Hunter was supposed to fight the other kid. The kid never showed up. Okay. So we got uh, there was a. At the coaches' meeting, there was the usual fuck around where they wanted. This was Kenny's guy from Sand Hills okay, that we Kenny ended up Bond. fighting. Okay. His name was Brennan. So Brennan was going to fight a guy from Southpaw Boxing that was 15 pounds bigger than him or 10 pounds bigger than him. And we're like, well, that doesn't make any sense when 
him and Hunter are literally two pounds apart from each other. But what they thought was Hunter had a prearranged match, but this never this kid never showed up. Okay. So then we got matched with Kenny's guy. And this was Kenny's guy's first fight. And Kenny has a relationship with her club anyway. So Kenny's long, a great guy, man. He's and nice. And he's a long history. No, not so it wasn't just a random coach versus long history, yeah. Um the fight didn't last long. It didn't. No. And uh, I'll probably be posting the footage up right, right, right after this podcast. Oh, a one, a one round shitstorm. Oh, a one, like a thirty second shitstorm. It, it didn't last long. Would I have liked it to go into the second or the third round? Yeah. Right. Um. Would I? Well, I, the pr- I guess the problem was he was just overmatched. Right. That's what it was. L- later, did I find out that that kid? doesn't really train much much like he was there last year for a half a minute and then he did five classes before this fight yeah it's hard to point fingers or to blame anybody because, i'm not blaming anybody or any saying anything well, wrong we're uh, not what i will tell everybody is that we take it serious and we're coming in this is what this kid wants to do he wants to be a professional boxer right now is where we lay the foundation for that sure so we're not going to come in and play like there's there's if we have if we, they say okay hunter you have a sparring match today mm-hmm. okay we're going to go spar right i don't want to disclose too many things on on here but there was a conversation that was had that maybe this kid wasn't quite up to snuff okay and uh <clears throat> i said i'd talk to hunter we're in it to win it man i'm sorry because realistically, when I look at the sport of combat sports, whether it's amateur or pro, and you're you're fighting for a W or an L, what do you want? Do you want the win or the loss? We don't want to lose. We didn't have any history on them. There's like, no history. No, like no, I don't know. No. If I had a known, like if somebody had called me a week ago and said, "Okay, we've got this kid. He's trained five times in his whole life." no we're not interested in that why why would we be interested in that and this isn't shitting on anybody right but okay whatever it happened it happened it was over quick and i hope that kid keeps training <clears throat> i did check on uh you in the in the, the locker room change room and you were having a conversation with his, his father yep and it went well yeah they weren't angry but some tears were shed, like in the in the locker room. Okay. But it, it's gonna go with the territory, man. These kids are thirteen or fourteen years old. Do you get punched in the face? You get embarrassed, embarrassed in front of a couple hundred family. people. Yeah. Fuck, man, that yeah. that sucks. It does. But I just said, don't don't quit. Like, yeah. Don't let one. But did you have fun? Yeah, I had a blast. Okay. Go back into the gym. Trust your coach. Kenny's a good coach. He'll get you into shape to fight. Right. But one thing I will I will say is like don't put people in fights that have five days training or right. or two months training. It's not enough. Well, that kind of bleeds into the second fight with Deshanda, mm-hmm. and that a lot could be said that maybe the opposite happened with Hunter. I don't have the footage of the fight. I didn't see it. I didn't see it to make any kind of comment on it. But uh, unfortunately, she came out. She came out on the losing end of the fight. I just, I know what she brings to the table, and she'll come and try to kill you. Okay. I hope that's what happened. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Nick Nick said that uh, she took she tried she took a tour, 
taking it to somebody and winning are two very two very different things. Right. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Yeah, we just just straight off uh, our conversation with Gabriel uh, Gabriel, pardon me, um, in reference to mindset. I hope that this doesn't spiral into something. That's always the biggest concern of mine is yeah. what a, this this young kid takes a loss. Okay, fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. I don't think she'll do that. No. Okay. No. I just right, yeah. she doesn't she doesn't strike me as a quitter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's been in there with bigger kids, adults. She doesn't she's not a quitter. Uh, would I have liked to have seen her at the gym? A little more often. Yeah. It was a weird timing it's, right it's after Christmas. Time, man. With I, Christmas Christmas I'm, break. You're I can't I'm not mad at it. Right. But in a perfect world, yeah, we would have been training for that two weeks. Hunter and I trained for that two weeks. We knew we were fighting. Right. Back on the Hunter train, what, what do you got planned for him next? We'll be in Lloyd February 23rd. We're pretty much guaranteed a match February there. 23rd? Lloyd, yep. Lloyd Minister. So we're pretty much guaranteed a match there. Um, Still never a for sure. In amateur it's never a for, for sure. sure. Yeah. I know Deshonda will have a match there because that's where that little girl Sydney's from. Right. So maybe they'll do the tr- rubber match. A trio. Who knows? Is it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But it, amateur boxing is definitely interesting coming from being involved with professional sure. stuff for so long. Um, it's definitely different, and I don't quite understand it. Okay. Because when you put somebody in a combat situation, the the you're, you're supposed to try to win. Right. Not help the other guy on the other side or the other girl on the other side. Like... If you're if you're doing a sparring match or a fun boss, so it's two very different things. But if we're actually competing for a gold and a silver, silver's last, In gold is first. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you want first place. So why? It is what it is. Right. At the end of the day, I'm not mad. I hope Sandhills isn't mad. I hope Kenny's not mad, and I hope that young kid's not mad, and I hope he's not discouraged. Right. Right. You know, it was a fun trip, nonetheless. Uh, we uh, there was fun aspects <laughs> i'm just reading your body language right now i don't know where to go from here listen so. man i smelled farts <laughs> all day today I smelled them they were disgusting and Gross. normally it was a walk box edmonton thing but i don't know what it was i don't know if it was a nervousness but it was a fart city five people in a 2014 ford escape um, little fucking thing did well. Yeah, it did. Little thing motored all along pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't know if those those vents were set up wrong, but it was uh, you peel paint in that car. Uh, Hunter's fucking <laughs> asshole was the problem. That guy farts sleeping. If you did not, well, it's <laughs> worse when he's sleeping because you don't hear them. There's no warning. It's just <laughs> and then oh, or or my kid in the back just. <laughs> dry heaving and our eyes are watering good old that's like there was a couple of them where every window should have been cracked down in the vehicle because it stunk that bad yeah you got uh you slid some shopping in grabbed some jackets took went went to the local arcade uh yeah. little caesars or what is that thing escape oh that was galaxy cinema. galaxy cinema thing yeah. went in there played we some games got ripped off you know <laughs> Oh yeah, ripped off. It was fun though. It was, yeah, you can't put a Kids price had on a that. Good time. Yeah. Did some family stuff. Stopped in on some in-laws, and uh, had some made some bread, and that's when we went deep in some world of wow. Warcraft. And these people are pushing sixty. Fair to no, say, fifty-five, fifties. You know, 
50s. I'm not going to say 60s. I'll get killed next yeah, time. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take the blame on the podcast but, for that. Uh, but It was my sister-in-law's mother who is not my wife's mother. It's a fucking hard situation to, to explain, but everybody's cool. Everybody's super cool. Welcomed me, a stranger, and gave me some wonderful beef and barley soup and took me to a games room that would rival. Bro, they had a whole room dedicated to just World of Warcrafting, man. They had this this desk that stretched the length of the room right. with two computer setups. Dual monitors. Dual monitors. Right. We're talking about fucking paladin dwarfs, <laughs> these cow things. Huh? Ditch pig? Yeah, tell di- me, tell me pig. about ditch pig. Not only um, her main character was named ditch pig, yeah. she is an ordained minister and a priest play, yeah. playing World of Warcraft. And, and her husband is a retired military vet. Who was a artillery gun? Fuck, not a gunner, but he he handled the. I I feel that I want to say he handled the manufacturing of the artillery. He did tours in Afghanistan, sure. Hungary, everywhere, yeah. Iraq, yeah, yeah, places. Yeah. But Saudi yeah, Arabia. well, shout out to him. Thank you for your service. Twenty nine years in the military. He's now retired. It's retired, but working for the fuck of it right now. Working, still working as a civilian for the military. And he told us his pensions and crazy. Like it seems like a pretty good deal to get into the military and it's get not out. Bad, bro. Yeah, like he's doing great. He's yeah. got, he's got all his buddies. He's got like everything set up. Super nice too. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, then we, what else was this? Listen, I'll say World of Warcraft is a, is a world I'm never going to enter. And I just didn't get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I I tried my best to understand. She took me for a little tour. I guess if, uh, I'm going to be nice and say a 50 year old, young 50 year old lady, I can understand it. Who's been married three times and loves it. She's been playing it since the 20 years, the the beginning of. World right. of Warcraft, though, like I get it. Can you play a game for twenty years? Like, I'm... yeah, you can. We've seen it. <laughs> wow, geez, I'm really tired of Tetris already. I'm... So this one is her mother is the one that sexually harasses me. Uh, there was a reference to that. Yeah. If you guys don't know the backstory, I was walking up to the house and Tanner pulls me aside and he got kind of weird and whispers in me. I don't know if I want to go. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Every time I meet this lady. She grabs my ass. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like awkward. I'm like, okay, well, she's an older lady. Let her have her fun the first time. Because, yeah, but this is an ending. This is what happens every time. It's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, it's not funny anymore. I'm getting yeah. the Me Too things getting really close to my soul here. But it wasn't her. It was her No, son. that's her mother. Mother. Yeah. But there was uh, no shorter reference of her grabbing a piece of you for, for uh, what was uh, a reference for her. Because this was common knowledge in that family. That she, oh, yeah, common knowledge. I, I thought it would be just you bullshitting me. Fuck no, em. they think it's a joke. I, <laughs> You're I'm like, it ain't a joke. Physically bothered by it. <laughs> like, oh, it's fucking just... Uh, no, man, stop it. <laughs> is what it is. Could be worse. Could be worse. It, it could be worse. Like, <clears throat> the day that she comes running at me naked, I'm fucking... <clears throat> I'm never coming back. <laughs> we just scarred for life. Never. <laughs> yeah, that... but yeah, Hunter Hunter got away with a uh, first round victory. Deshonda dropped. Uh, I don't know what it was. I'm gonna guess a decision. Right. Um, all around. Well, this is the first t- time that you've really kind of taken the boxers really uh, or Hunter really getting serious with you know and really kind of pushing forward and getting a competitive team going in Swift Current. You know, yeah. so we'll see more of this coming. 
Um, you see more Hunter, that's for sure. I know that. He's pretty jazzed up about it. You he's know? fired up about it. He, he likes it. It keeps him out of trouble. And uh, he's got a support system, so... And he's uh, well liked. Like he's starting to get recognized by the other fighters and others. Yeah, they all know who he is. And they call and bring him. I'm gonna bro out with him. Yeah. So it's good to have that kind of little tribe with you. Bro, 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 bro. bro, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's very much like that because after going to all these different events, we're starting to see a lot of the same faces over and over again, and it becomes like almost uh, like a hockey parent almost, but different. I had a few of those guys come up to me and say, "Hey, nice to meet you. I listen to the podcast." Yeah, I overheard. I overheard that. Yeah, you're twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's. But they just absorb that content, you know. It's all good. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. As you say that. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? Are we gonna get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Or it was just a quick check in. Did a quick. I uh, wanted to let everybody know how we're doing and what's up. And uh, grab those amazing new gloves. Speaking, you know, there's two shoutouts we got to give Tanner. It would be fair not to mention it. Yes. Two. First one's behind me. Boom. Raina. Raina Irons. Raina Irons. One Is that of her last name was Irons? I-R-O-N-S. Just Irons in the fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, uh, if you guys can see this or not, I'll have to pan this camera over. Maybe you can give a little history about Tanner. Well, I was joking around and told her that she'd paint a portrait of me or something like that. And then uh, she ended up painting the Final Shot Podcast logo, which we've now changed. <laughs> which, which, yeah, we've actually, that was another, our second shout out. We had one of our... Um, graphic designers um take the logo and make some modifications to it after seeing miss cynthia 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 ao ao out of uh quebec quebecois the block quebecois tabarnak <laughs> Good for yeah. cynthia from quebec thank you very, very much, much. For... we honestly very much appreciate it um and we appreciate more than you think because actually our last designer pulled a dick move I can't even say his don't, name don't, I don't blast his ass uh, right motherfucker so uh, we contacted an old designer to help us out with and uh, he uh, went rogue real fast my friend of 10 years they uh, wanted 50 grand or some he was being silly yeah but, but don't ask me for $50,000 we wasn't very polite about it at all we asked him to do some modifications we're quite willing to pay for any anything you do um, we, we always pay um, but he was being a complete, he wanted a percentage, I believe, of every time it, it was, was used. Being a a fuckhead. So it really kind of sent us on a spin yeah. that day. And Cynthia came in and saved the day. And I wanted to thank her very much. The other it. person I was going to hit up was Big Gay Dan. Yeah. He was the semi-second option. Yeah, I don't know if our, all the podcast users are familiar with Gay Dan. Oh, they, they're very familiar with Big Gay Dan. <laughs> Trust me. Daniel Redford, you fucking... <laughs> You're a degenerate, I swear to God. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah. let's get out of here, man. We've said we got to. All right, guys. The, today the podcast was brought to you by USG, USG Canada. These are the official Final Shot podcast gloves from USG. You can order them. There's no website yet, but you can order them. Hit up my boy Howie or go to USG on Facebook and send them a message. USG Canada for all of your boxing combat sports needs. They got shin guards. They'll do your walkout stuff, hats, t-shirts. They don't care. USG Canada. We're also brought to you by Onnit. If you're not on it, get on it at onnit.com forward slash TFS podcast and save 10%. And that's the final shot.